financial life, why it's important, and how we can go about it. That is coming up next. Yes, you are here. Bienvenida to the Her Dinero Matters podcast, a mixed language podcast hosted by me, Jen Hemphill, to help you become the reign of your money and love your dinero more. If you are needing some inspiration and encouragement at this very moment, you have come to the right place. Gracias por compartir este tiempo conmigo. Now let's jump in to today's Dose of Money Confidence. Feliz año. It is 2021. Bienvenida. I know we survived the long, the extremely long and treacherous 2020. This is a Jen Hempel, your host, and I hope you haven't forgotten that. And I know we are a week into the new year, especially if you are listening to this on the day it is released. Now, in the past, I have released episodes to help you kickstart your new year in a stronger way. And this year, yeah, I'm still doing that, but with a different approach. Instead of focusing on those goals first, why don't we focus on how we can be more meaningful in in our financial life. And to do so, I want to help you reset, if you will, the button in three key areas, which will help you reframe your mind because after 2020, who doesn't need that? I am raising my hand. I definitely need that still. Plus, we have to keep in mind that we're not out of the woods yet. Let's be real. The pandemic is still here. COVID is alive and well, unfortunately. A lot of people are suffering financially. A lot of people have lost family members and friends to COVID. So I felt that hitting that reset button in these three key areas will be more conducive to really set you up for a meaningful 2021 for your dinero. If you focus on these three things before you start or continue with your goals, because I know it's a week already into the new year, you may have already started and go you. I love that. But if you focus on these three things, I am pretty convinced that this will help you stay the course with your goals. So let's get to it. Being meaningful in our financial life simply means about sparking more joy. And we tend to focus on the goals. And although reaching those goals will definitely spark joy. But at times, we tend to hit roadblocks because hello, life. But if we work on resetting the key areas I'm going to share with you in a moment, it will be so much easier to navigate those roadblocks. And you know I am all about trying to do more easy cruising as often as possible. What are these three areas? They are focusing on what you can control. Being the owner of your own story and standing proud by it, as well as prioritizing more of the things that you want. Let's focus on the first one. Speaking of focus, right? (laughs) Focusing on what you can control. What 
does this mean? Of course, with this means you need to really look at what can you control, especially when considering the things that we went through and we're still going through with a pandemic and COVID, you want to look at what can you control and what you cannot control. So what can you control? You can control on saving what you can and investing what you can. But of course, when I say this, I don't mean if you couldn't save one month, you're off the hook. Meaning if you know you could have saved that month, but you chose not to because you wanted to spend that money somewhere else, that's a different story. If you couldn't save or invest because financially the things, maybe there is a loss in income or whatever the case may be, that is a different story. So it's not to say I'm really letting you off the hook. I'm just really communicating with you that just do what you can with what you have, but be mindful and be truthful to yourself at the same time. It also means that you need to have clarity around your money. So you know what exactly you have to save and invest and do the things that you need to do. And that is something that you can control. You can control those things, but there are other things you cannot control. And we have seen it in 2020, the pandemic, you know, we haven't been able to control COVID up to this point. And we can't control the decisions that others make like the politicians, the government, we can't control those things or losing our jobs sometimes, right? But we can control other things and other aspects in our life, in our financial life, as to the decisions that we make with the money that we have. And that is important. So really focus on what you can control versus what you cannot control. Because we tend to stray to focusing or really putting our thoughts on, the things that we cannot control. And I have been guilty. And believe me, 2020, I was guilty on that because you get worried on what's going on with the world. You have friends and family members that have had COVID, family members and friends that have lost their lives to COVID. And that takes a toll mentally. And of course, I'm not saying to not be sensitive to that and completely forget that. Absolutely not. What I'm saying is when it comes to your financial life, you really need to gear back and make sure that when it comes to those decisions, decisions that you're making and things that you're wanting to do, that you focus on what you can control and not on the things that you cannot control because the things that you can't control, there's nothing you can do about it, but you can do things, you can do things around the things that you can control. So hopefully that makes sense. So that's number one. Number two is, and this is going to be in length because I have a lot of examples. And the reason I'm sharing these examples is to help you really think through this. The number two key area that you want to hit a reset button is, is really being the owner of your own story. Sometimes we don't allow what has shaped us, we don't really reflect on what has shaped us. What I mean with being the owner of your own story, I'm talking about asking yourself, what has gotten you here to this point? What has shaped you? What are some experiences that you have had that 
the experiences may have been difficult, they may have been happy experiences, whatever that is, what has shaped you and what has gotten you here? And I'm going to share with you a little bit of what has shaped me so that way you can get to thinking about what has shaped you and because you want to be proud and you want to stand proud by that story. And then I'm going to share with you what does that have to do with your money? Here are some things that have shaped me. My experiences being born in Colombia to an American father, to that gringo, his height, being tall, his red hair, his blue eyes, the assumptions that he had money because he's American. And those experiences that I saw definitely shaped me. Also, my walks with mi abuelita Matilde. I may have shared her with you a time to time, but mi abuelita is someone that I was really, really close to. She's no longer with us, but I've had lots of experiences with her, with our talks and our walks and going, seeing her friends because they all, not all, but the friends that we, we would go see nearby is in un pueblito. So it's a small little town that is not very developed or at that time wasn't very developed. It's developed more now. We would go walk and visit her friends, tomar un cafecito, un chocolate caliente con su pan, con su queso. And they were very humble abodes. And I'll share with you how that shaped me later. But that that is another experience that has shaped me because even though my parents didn't come from a lot of money, we may do, right? We were okay financially, but being able to just hang out and talk to people that were happy as can be, but they lived in very, very humble conditions and basically little houses uh, that were built with mud and maybe some bricks. They built their shelter or their home themselves. Another thing that has shaped me is living without electricity and having to go <laughs> fill up a lavadero with water to wash clothes and bathing in a lavadero because there was no running water in the showers. And I'll, I'll explain that to you. And basically, my parents at one point, they decided to move from Bogota to un pueblito outside of Bogota to start establishing their roots. And that meant building a home. They wanted to build a home. And they built this home. They started building this home outside of Bogota in un pueblo that wasn't really developed. So on the side of the pueblo, which is the hillside that basically when you drove up to this hill, it wasn't paved. <laughs> it was literally rocks and dirt at that time. And so they started building those roots in the house with uh, building a house. But that also meant that that side of town, there was no electricity. So the electrical lines weren't there yet. And that meant while we were built, when the house was already built, and we hadn't moved to the US yet, but we lived without electricity. And we basically, kerosene lamps, a gas stove, to warm up the water, to take, take our baths in. So it was a very humbling experience that definitely shaped me. Moving to the United States of America when I was eight years old and adapting to life in the United States 
as a daughter of parents from two different cultures, my mother being from Colombia, my dad being American, and how I really learned right away how black and white things were here, how it was not, you just didn't fit in or I didn't fit in. People were friendly with me, but you could sense right away in that time. <laughs> and things of, unfortunately haven't changed too much now, where if you weren't this or that, you didn't belong. And I certainly didn't. I was a little bit of both, right? I was white. I was Latina. So where did that put me? And then I was speaking English as a second language. I mean, I literally moved to the U.S. And having an American father, I knew some words, but I didn't speak it. So I learned when I was eight years. And that shaped me. Another thing that shaped me was my mother being discriminated here in the U.S. and being treated so mainly just for the sole reason that she had an accent when speaking English. And that was rough. There are some words to this day that she won't say in English, that she finds other words to say the same thing because her heavy accent. One of them that I still find so funny is the word sheet uh, for. So she instead, she says paper, or she really struggles when to say bed sheets. <laughs> I laugh at that because in our family, it's, it's just funny. We find it funny, but because of her heavy accent, and it's really not really heavy, what people considered her heavy accent, she was discriminated against and was treated really mainly just because she chose to learn a second language and people judged her how she spoke. Before we continue, I have a quick message for you. Her Dinero Matters is brought to you by First Republic Bank. The world is changing and your needs are evolving. As your focus turns to what matters most to you and your community, First Republic remains committed to offering personalized financial solutions that fit your needs. From day one, you'll be connected with a dedicated banker who will serve as your primary point of contact throughout your relationship with the bank. They'll be there to listen to you, understand your values, and meet you on your financial journey. Your banker can offer solutions that support your goals at any stage, from setting up a personal checking account to refinancing household debt to buying a first home. As your needs evolve, you can call or email your banker at any time. Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. For the support you need, because First Republic believes what matters to you matters most. Learn more at firstrepublic.com. That's firstrepublic.com. Member of FDIC, equal housing lender. Another thing that really shaped me was meeting my husband. If you do or don't know, my husband is a black man, a black man born in the United States, which comes with a lot, with the struggles that he has had, his family and everything. So that was another thing that shaped me because it really opened my eyes more to racism 
to the Black community really opened my eyes. And then another thing that shaped me is becoming a military spouse. I had no way in my mind was I thinking I was going to become a military spouse. I have uncles. I have one uncle or great uncle, I should say my dad's uncle, who served and died in Japan in the war. And that, and then I had another uncle that also served. And that was something that I would, in my, I remember thinking there is no way I could be in the military because I would, one, I was scared of, especially when I was a little girl, scared of war. I mean, I guess who wouldn't be? And two, for me to think, oh, I'm going to find a spouse <laughs> that is military, that didn't even enter my mind. But hello. Here we are. So that definitely has shaped me. It has given me a really a different perspective on the military, on our active duty members, our veterans, those have served such a huge appreciation. And of course, on their families and the sacrifices, because I've done that. I've been doing that for 20 years. And that definitely has shaped me. Another thing that shaped me is when we lived in Lima, Peru, because of the military, there was that reminder again of that poverty that I had seen in Colombia, that I had seen. And it was with not just seeing it on the streets, but also we were living in Lima was amazing. I enjoyed it, but we were living life. We had someone to help us, a maid, if you will, una empleada. But with that, the reminder was and how she lived, like she lived with us six days out of the week. We paid her monthly, like a little over $200 to cook and clean and help me when I needed with my son. Like, come on now, 200 And that was on the high end. Los peruanos were paying less. But knowing and seeing the conditions she lived in, no refrigerator, but the family was very upbeat and happy. And you wouldn't think that they were miserable. They didn't act miserable. They were grateful for what they had. And I can't imagine not living with a refrigerator because that puts you limits to what you can buy, (laughs) especially when it comes to produce and everything. So it was just a reminder again. And that also shaped me because it's different here in the United States. Granted, there is poverty, but there's a lot of resources here that other countries in Latin America don't have. But I don't need to tell you that, right? (laughs) The other thing that really has shaped me is my boys. I share that my husband is a black man. I say black man because that's the term that he prefers versus African-American, just FYI. Having two boys that are considered black by the color of their skin, by others, they're lighter skinned because of me, (laughs) right? But my experiences in raising them uh, has been amazing. It has been crazy just seeing the racism out there. So the racism I have witnessed just being their mother, not racism towards me, right? But assumptions about them and things of that sort. And also the fears that I live with as their mom, especially them being boys, especially them, and granted boys or girls, but being the stereotype of an African-American male and 
what they deal with. Those are fears that I live with, that people may assume this or that. And there's things that I, you know, we have definitely some discussions around. So those are some things that have shaped me. And I hope that gives you more than enough examples to have you think about what has shaped you. And why do I feel this is important to understand what has shaped you? And of course, this is a part of your story about a part of your money story at that. And why I share, I ask you to go through this is you need to stand proud by your journey. Your journey makes you who you are and makes you unique and allows you to give a different perspective and life and money and everything that others don't have. It allows you to share that, which hopefully you are. And that in itself is golden. That is so valuable. And that is a reason, not the reason, but a reason of why you should really look at your story, what has shaped you, what has gotten you here, and just own that. Be proud of that. Because it's, again, it's what makes you you and makes you unique. And that alone that perspective and life and what you have seen, what you have experienced is valuable for others. Now, all my experiences have helped me to not take things for granted, to be humble, to be welcoming of people of all walks of life. I am also very mindful of people of all cultures. And I am quick to defend when people say, you're in America, speak English or speak better English, or they don't know how to speak English well, or ignorance, things like that. So you also want to understand how it has shaped you. So it's one thing to really reflect on the things that have shaped you and how, what, what has it done, right? How has it shaped you? And you also want to ask, how has this shaped you and your financial life with your money. Sometimes it's directly, sometimes it's indirectly. And there's some experiences that have maybe nothing related to money at this moment. Maybe later they will. Who knows? For me personally, it has led to frugality for a good part of my life, <laughs> for sure. Just because and one thing that I share, but I think you, I have shared so many times that I, I accidentally left it out is the, the, financial challenges my parents have and the lack of money, which that also shaped and led me to just being frugal. Those These experiences have also led me to really using our money to help causes we believe in, to be better off financially. That was a huge thing, especially when I was graduating from high school. That was really, really important and to build wealth. And also it's really has shaped me to make sure I have conversations with my boys. I don't sit there and give them a budgeting class necessarily, but I make sure that I have conversations around money that are as we go. I try to really find those teachable moments and have those conversations with them because I want to set them up for success financially. I want them to do better. I think we've done, my husband and I have done well, but I want them to really do more and do better. And you also want to look like, and this is a lengthy one, the second one is really to look like, what do you want your life to look like this year? What chapters do you want to write? Doesn't have to necessarily be directed with debt or with savings. It can be indirectly. For me, I want to do 
some things that are more for me. I've been so focused on building the business. I've been so focused on other things that I, granted, I do take care of myself to a point, but there are some things that I don't do like for fun. Like I have was into photography. I want to get back into that. You all know I love dancing. (laughs) So once COVID allows, I want to take some dancing classes or some things that I want to challenge myself, maybe not break dancing, but that might be a possibility. Who knows? Who knows? Where? Uh, no, maybe not. Not, not at this point in my life. I also want to do more meaningful experiences with the family. My son is graduating high school. That's huge. And just knowing the fact that like around, you know, next year he will be in college. He won't be at home. That's that's hard on me. <laughs> I'm not ready for that. So I would definitely want to have more experiences, meaningful experiences with the family. So we're looking into that because, of course, with the pandemic and COVID, it makes it a little more difficult, but we're going to get creative. Also, for me, with my son going into college, we're working on just making sure he goes into college with no student loans. So looking at making sure he applies for scholarships, doing all those things uh, to really prevent that student loan debt and having discussions with my husband to define what life looks like after the Air Force. What does that, where do we want to go? We've been having those discussions, but we're getting closer. So we need to have more in-depth discussions (laughs) on that. The other thing that I want to say on, especially when you want to, about owning your story is don't get so tied. It's just a reminder on what you see on social media and news articles. And I know when I, you hear this, you're like, I know that already. Because I say that. I know that already. Of course not. That's silly. Why would you? Let's be real. We still are guilty of it. No matter how, you know, when we think about it, it's like, no, that we don't need to get tied into what we see. But we do because that's what we see all the time. We have to work on not getting so tied to what we see on social media and news articles and letting that impact lead us, I should say, into comparison. Because, hello, I'm still guilty of that. Just because if I wasn't on social media, maybe I wouldn't (laughs) be right. But it's just, it's something that we need to work on. It's easy to say and say, of course not. That makes sense. We shouldn't do that. But it's harder to do. Am I right? Let's be real. The third thing that I would reset the button on is prioritizing. That is really prioritizing what you want in life and really when setting financial goals, do those that light you up and make sense for the season in your life. Listen to you. Don't be afraid to steer away from the norm. Follow your gut and trust yourself. So those are the three areas. The number one is really about focusing on what you can control The second one is being the owner of your story. And the third one is prioritizing, just doing you, (laughs) trusting your gut. Now, there are other episodes that you can listen to. They're all found in today's show notes, episodes 241. Well, I'm not going to go into all the episodes, but basically all the links will be in the show notes. They cover planning for the new year. That was the most recent one. Six steps to an unbelievable new year, four indispensable moves for a slam dunk year, and seven ways to improve your financial confidence. Now, you will see that some of these themes 
on these episodes, there'll be some of the same things, I should say. But I think if you hear it multiple times in a slightly different perspective, that's not going to (laughs) hurt. So let's do a quick recap because I went longer than I intended. So to have a more meaningful year financially, remember to hit the reset button on these three key areas we talked about. Focus on what you can control, own and stand proud by your story and the experiences that have shaped you, prioritize what is important to you, not the experts, and trust your gut. So I hope you have found that helpful to you. Another resource to help you make sure you reset that button in those three areas is the daily dinero ritual, which is absolutely free. And if you haven't grabbed it, you absolutely should. You can do so at jenhempill.com forward slash dinero. That is jenhempill.com forward slash dinero. And of course, you can also find that link in the show notes in case you are driving. Next week, we will get to know the woman whom I call the godmother of women and money. Her name is Barbara Hewson, but you may know her as Barbara Stanny. She's written a bunch of amazing books. You're going to absolutely love this conversation. So stay tuned for next week. That is it. Eso es todo. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to tune into the show. You can check out the show notes over at jenhempill.com forward slash 247 to refer back to everything you need to know from the show. Remember that being the reina of your money starts now simply with claiming it. I believe in you and so should you. So if you love this podcast or this episode, I would love it if you share it with someone, a friend, stranger, or even on social media. Take a screenshot or selfie, tag us in your stories with at Her Dinero Matters. Bueno pues, that is everything. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. Chao.